Good Wednesday, my friends. David D here. This is the Under Review Show. See, I snuck up on you there, right? Just like sports is sneaking up on me. <laughs> Welcome to the Under Review Show. I'm D. I can hear every single week to talk to you about betting on sports. It's Wednesday, and that can mean only one thing. It's Daily Fantasy Day. Uh, I know we talk about every aspect of betting on sports. I give you all the information that you need. The good people of betonline.ag feed us odds. Just We just force it down our throats. It's amazing. Uh, but Wednesday is dedicated um, to the one and only um, Daily Fantasy Sports. Uh, BetOnline might not have it, but uh, it's huge. It's awesome. And it can help with your everyday betting. It, get, it, it keeps you involved in the know and that analysis just translates so well to kicking ass in regular sports betting and we do it also because we have an amazing team that joins us every single week the guys from rotor radar hanging out to uh, to chill and uh, and give us advice advice that uh, that i have been using to my um uh, detriment um unfortunately the last couple of weeks but i'm just learning all this stuff that's the great thing about it i don't know what the hell i'm doing uh, but these guys are helping me kick some ass um, and uh, we got the uh, Optimus Ryan himself, uh, Josh Reimer, and the Fife Dog, Sean Pfeiffer. Boys, how the hell are you doing? It's our third week where actual daily fantasy is happening. You guys are in your glory. I'm having a hell of a time hanging out with you. Fife, how's it been happening here with uh, now ba- or now basketball on your plate? I'll tell you. Week? I'll tell you what, D. I've, I've been doing daily fantasy sports now full time since 2015, August of 2015. Ironically, so we are at the five year mark. Yeah, at the five year mark of of me jumping into this crazy world called DFS full time. Uh, over the last five years, I have never worked harder. I've never worked longer hours. I have never dug deeper, and I have never gotten this little amount of sleep. Uh, yeah. It is, I am up until 4 a.m. studying for the upcoming NBA slate. I wake up at 7 a.m. to do a podcast with the other guy that you're going to hear on this show with us every single morning at 10 a.m. Uh, and then after that, it's articles, it's research, it's another podcast. We are on the air for our 30 to lock shows, 30 minutes before lock every day of the week. And then it's sweating out the games and watching the games every single night. I am... I've never been more tired and happy at the same time because sports is it's, it's our life, right? Like it's, it's literally, it's what pays the bills for me and my family. I know it's what pays the bill for Josh and his, uh, you as well in, in different ways and everything else. So like, this is, this is, it feels like normal seal is back, but at the same time, there's nothing normal about it. So uh, I am yeah. very happy to have it back, uh, but it's it's pretty crazy to say the least. With NBA and MLB starting both at the exact same time, it's insane. Yeah, it's 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 a weird world, man. Everything is weird though. But the weird is the new normal. That's what people say. The new normal. I love it. This is great. Um, it's it's you know it's interesting, right? There's no monotony in it. Optimus Rhyme, how have you adjusted to this weirdness that we all have? Uh, upon us here which is just our lives now by the way it's not it can't be weird because it's just it's, it's, how it's it just is. it's just the new normal for us now and i hate to piggyback off of exactly what sean said but it's almost the exact same thing for me because i'm on the podcast with him we have two podcasts a day one for mlb one for nba then we have our 30 to lock show which is where we break down every member's questions 30 minutes before the lock of each slate that's it we're on the air a ton together and then the articles and then i'm also providing ufc research i've I've been a busy man, Damon. I've been a very busy man, yeah, but a very buddy. happy man because there's no other world that I'd rather live in. I, I don't want to go back to that three-month period where we only had no. KBO and no. other random no. sports. I'm I'll happy to be here. All day, every day, just pour it on me. Just pour it on me. Keep the yeah. sports coming. I can handle it. It's just, you know, I sports around the clock. What's better than that? What's better than that? There's basketball on right now while we're recording yeah. this. Yeah, that's the cool thing. So see, hockey even starting as well. It's like um, yeah. uh, the awesome, the, the awesome thing about it is like it's like they 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 have they're on the bubble, right? There's no like schedule. There's no prime right. time anymore. Prime time doesn't exist anymore. It's like not, on the, on the West Coast, nine a.m. Boom, we got a game. We got something going on. You just yeah. wake up, have a coffee, and watch uh, some some NBA. It's it's my new favorite thing in the entire world. Um, that being said, guys, uh, first couple weeks of 
of daily fantasy has been an adjustment. So not only is this the volume of games that they're doing, they're trying to cram in seasons, get as many games out of the way as possible. Um, So there is a lot. They are starting at 9 a.m. It's making it next to impossible for some guys to to do, especially you, uh, Rhyme. When you've got when you're sometimes doing 150 entries into these bloody things, it's just they don't make it easy on you. Um, but tell us, uh, Fife, tell us a few of the adjustments you've had to make apart from just the volume of it um, in terms of these um, like these basketball teams um, being sure. in the bubble and and how you've had to adjust your handicapping of these. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And, and we don't get a chance to talk about this a, a lot on our normal daily fantasy sports show. So it's fun for me to, to just kind of peel back some layers uh, with, with you guys on this this podcast once a week. What I've been doing and for my own personal process is unlike anything that I've ever done before, because typically how my normal, I say normal, but my typical work day was before the pandemic and before everything else was, I provided for two sports. So I would do NBA and MLB. They only overlap for a few weeks every single season. So it wasn't a huge issue during those sports, I'd wake up normal. I mean, this normal day job. You wake up at eight o'clock. You do your research. You get your articles together. You get all your roster construction together. Get your lineups. Get your process. Get ready for the podcast. Get ready for for luck. And it's you're you're studying one sport. Now all of a sudden, I have to give as much energy to one sport as I give to the other sport uh, for our paying members, and obviously just for my own profit. Uh, on these sites. So what I do is I'm starting my NBA research since NBA locks earlier than MLB every single day. I'm starting that research after the slate goes final that night. So typically around 11 or midnight, I'll start my NBA research after the kids are in bed and the wife's in bed. I'll dig in for like three or four hours. I like to get at least eight hours of research into every single slate that I do. That's, I mean, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's around six, sometimes it's more. If it's a bigger slate, it's around 10 hours. But for me to get that amount of hours into each slate, I have to start the night before, which is something I've never done. Um, it's it's tough. It's it's really tough. But it's yeah. been it's been good uh, for us so far. We're four and one on the NBA season, and we're seven and three on the MLB season. So. Uh, 70% win rate in MLB and, and 80 through a short short sample size, obviously, through the restart of NBA. But good win rate, I'm not going to change it. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? So that's that's my process right now, and it's definitely been an adjustment. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Ron? Like, what, what's, what's been your change here? Like, uh, actually, maybe speak a little bit to the volume and, and, and how, how many – how tight these games are when they're just like back to back to back every day too. When you like to get a lot of research in um, for yourself, getting this stuff out. Yeah, it's actually been kind of the reverse of what Sean has been doing. He's been researching NBA after we get done with MLB stuff. I've been researching the next day's MLB slate after we get done with the MLB slate. So I'll be researching the next day's content and everything that I need to do for that. It's been it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun, actually. I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and it's helped me learn a few things about my research process. So I've really enjoyed it so far. I've liked everything about it, and it's been working for me. And then the next morning, I wake up extremely early, probably earlier than I would on a normal day to research MBA and get ready for our podcast. So it's been a blast. Well, I'm glad you're having a great time. <laughs> um, it's all good to hear. So um, let's, let's get into it a little bit too. Like, cause I know it's a, it's a lot of volume. You guys have adjusted a lot of way, way you sure. do things. Let's, let's talk a bit about, um, about the actual, like handy, the change in how you've handicapped and in assessing the sport, because you you only knew you, you only knew what you knew going into it, right? We knew there was go, obviously going to be some changes in the way teams played in the bubble. Um, has there anything fight stood out thus far that is noteworthy to you of of how teams are are playing and adjusting to being in the bubble without the crowds? And by the way, um, the uh, the NBA are doing a pretty poor job with making it feel like there's a stadium atmosphere at all too. They just box everybody in. <laughs> It's like did you just stick you inside like a racquetball court and play basketball. It's wild, um, right? They could have done something. I know they have like the screen and stuff, but like if you look at the NHL, like it's empty in the NHL, but at least at least it feels like you're in a hockey stadium. Like not in the NBA, they're just like stuffing inside this box, a shoe box. Uh, so tell me, how how the, has the adjustment been, um, and what you've been noticing in these first couple of weeks? Yeah, it's it's been just that. It's been an adjustment. And, and I will say this. I don't think it's been as big of an adjustment as I thought that it was going to be. 
Uh, basketball is still basketball and baseball is still baseball, right? So the, the same stats that we would dig into on a normal season like XFIP and hard contact and usage rate for the NBA, all of these data points of rotations and understanding how coaches play certain players and why they play them more minutes in certain games than they do in others. These are trends that we've studied for five years, right? Uh, these are things that that we've we've always studied. So that's all normal. Um, the The only thing that's different is you've seen players play better off of the three month hiatus. You've seen players come back and and look like different players. Look better in shape, look some worse right. in shape. I mean, and that has been where you got to pay close attention. And the eye test is gigantic. TJ Warren right now in the NBA is literally playing like Michael Jordan in his prime. Like he yeah. is, it's been unbelievable to watch him. And I'll say this, I'll pat ourselves on the back. Between Josh and I, he provided for the weekend. I take off on Saturdays and Sundays. He provided on the first slate that TJ Warren was on he played T.J. Warren at 14% ownership on Saturday. He went bonkers. I provided on Monday. I played T.J. Warren in the members lineup on Monday, and then I played him again yesterday. We have been ahead of the curve with T.J. Warren. We actually are three for three. We've rostered T.J. Warren in the only lineup provided to members every single day that T.J. Warren has played in the bubble. Uh, so these are like, you know, I mean, it's an edge. It's an edge to be ahead of the curve as opposed, Damon, to, to your question. You don't want to be behind the curve with a new environment with this bubble, right? You don't want to be chasing would be the right term. You don't want to be right, jumping right, on right. TJ Warren when he's 80% owned after having three good games. You want to be on him when he's 14% on the first game that he has a good game or the second game where he's 20 or 25% owned. Uh, you want to be ahead of that curve. So, you know, we're grateful that we have been ahead of the curve uh, so far. And TJ Warren, man, I, I don't know how many good things could be said about what he's looked like. He shot like 13 for 18 yesterday. Yeah, what's uh, up with from that? the field? He just can't miss. He can't miss. So, you know, there are certain times where if a player's locked in, you just keep riding the hot hand. Hey, yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, and those are the trends that you guys are experts at identifying too. But I mean, he's TJ Warren has been the biggest surprise out of all these things. Like for you sure. you think there, there's for enough sure. right now these high-scoring crazy superstars in the NBA. There's that cluster of of, of guys that you're like, who's going to be, who's going to just get better because of the bubble. And, uh, and instead of having, you know, that group of, of, of NBA scoring alphas, um, somebody just thrive in this. We haven't really seen it that crazy. Well, we've seen guys like TJ Warren and other guys. Here. Do you predict, um, rhyme any of, of that NBA elite from regular non-bubble NBA, uh, um, uh, adjusting and and kind of you know bursting the bubble so to speak pun intended yeah i think a big thing that you need to realize and it's with both sports with nba and mlb when these players start to have hot streaks you really just got to pay attention to it tj warren is a fantastic example of that he's on an incredible hot streak and we're just going to keep riding that hot streak until he gets cold again until the wheels fall off so and an example in the mlb right now would be aaron judge he's hit six home runs in six games it's been absolutely insane his over under prop on betonline.ag before the season started was 13 and a half home runs he's almost halfway there which is absolutely insane and very good news for betters who's taken the over on that um so you just got to really pay attention to these hot streaks in the bubbles in such short seasons for both nba and mlb yeah definitely yeah and that's it's a real thing, thing across all sports right yeah. i mean that's, yeah. that, that's like a universal thing when a player's locked in they're locked in you know and you gotta pay attention to it if you miss certain things like that i mean you're you're really playing from behind in especially at daily fantasy sports because uh, the people that are sharp and know what they're doing, they're not going to miss. I mean, they're not going to miss players that are hot and locked in. So, again, and there's more to that. There's players that could be playing really cold, Damon, that you want to play. Yesterday, great example of that, Marcus Morris in the NBA. He had terrible games to start the season. The first game was against the Lakers. He got in foul trouble and was battling foul trouble the whole game. People that look at a box score and people that look at fan duel points probably aren't going to realize hey, he only scored eight FanDuel points because he had five fouls in like 13 minutes. And then the next game, he had a really, really tough matchup. So if you were looking and seeing his box scores and looking at his fantasy production, you'd say, he's ice cold. He's playing really, really bad. Yesterday, walks into an amazing ideal matchup scenario. 
We touted him on the podcast, talked about the fact that he's going to be somebody that's going to be extremely low-owned, no, nobody's going to be on, and he went out and hit seven times his value. Uh, so there's, I mean, again, mm. you can't just target hot players. Uh, you have to be able to look at players that are cold and identify why they're cold. Were they in foul trouble? Were they shooting poorly because they had one of the better defenders in the NBA shadowing them the entire game? DRPM, it's a defensive real plus minus stat that we talk about all the time. That is the best individual defensive metric that you could look at when understanding NBA. I know this is technically an MLB show, but giving you guys a little peek behind my curtain, if you're looking at DRPM, super simple, guys. Everybody listening to the podcast can go on ESPN.com, literally type on Google ESPN DRPM ranking, and they rank, it's the defensive real plus minus, every single player at every single position, point guard through center, and you can see how good of an individual defender is this person. Typically, a good rule of thumb, if they're top 10 or top 20, there's typically 80 to 100 people that are ranked at each position. If they're top 10 or 20, stay away from them, and that includes wow. DFS. Okay. And a good advantage that you can take in prop betting, too. So, you know, I, again, don't just look at people that are hot. That's a great place to start. But also ask yourself, why is a player cold? And if they're cold for good reasons, then maybe it's time to be at the beginning of that curve. Be ready to ride a new hot streak. Maybe they're about to heat up and they were cold for the right reasons. Well, yeah, I mean, it's great advice. It all comes down to, to knowing the players, too. It's like it's always ends up being a value play. Um, when I was playing last week after our show, um, uh, it was – important to to hit the hot hands and uh i still had a couple i had a pair of hot hands in my lineup um but but the guys that really were the outliers and were leading the the entries that i played um nailed those backdoor hot hands um and those guys went on fire and they had a bunch of them and you got to get that everyone's gonna have a few but it's finding those one those outliers and and making sure you get the value out of them so it's like the low price guy that gets hot and does something crazy like two or three times their value um, that's really the secret sauce here. Uh, but the thing is, when you always look back, there was always a reason. You know what I mean? You go like, oh, shit, I should have seen that. You know, or, or, or oh, yeah, that, that was actually a really good uh, matchup. Uh, so it's been, yeah, it's an interesting way to, it's just all condensed now, though, inside of a blender that's been put inside of a car, shot off a cliff, put in a tornado, and then um, rocketed into space. It's just moving that fast now. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's exactly right. You just got to be, I mean, you got to be flexible and you got to be ready. And that's the big thing. If you're playing NBA DFS, they allowed late swap on FanDuel and DraftKings this year, which is really clutch so that you can change your lineup even after the first game locks. You have to be flexible because there's going to be late news that breaks all day yeah, with these games that are staggered. Me. Yeah. So you have to be able to to make the pivots and make the swerves. And, you know, that's why we're here. We, we want to help all the people that are listening and, and all the people that are guiding this, we're sitting in front of a TV in our office, literally from the beginning of the day until the end of the day, waiting for news to break and helping our members understand what to do when it does. And, um, yeah. You know, and that's the biggest part of the show, you guys. So we got to get right into it here because yeah, we're going to talk baseball. Um, we have to break down the baseball games today and you've got to give us your advice on where we're going with MLB, I'm opening up my DraftKings app right now, and I'm just going to start plugging them in as we go along, basically. Um, but you guys, um, you've done your research um, for today. I want you guys to um, uh, to just start firing away. There's uh, how many games? There's like ten games today. Ten it? games. Yeah, we're going to fly through these games. We're gonna oh, fly mama. These games. We're yeah. gonna, there's going to be some games where we literally can cross off. Like there's going to be some yeah. games where you guys don't want to target anybody from. But we can D if you're if you're ready, we can jump right into it. Guys, that's what we're that's what we're here for. <laughs> we know right. the state of the union. We know how we're doing. You guys are having a great season so far. I need to pick up my my uh, you know my my bootstraps here, get let's stuff going, and uh, and I need you guys to help me out. So let's roll, man. Let's get right into this. And uh, and let's find out where we're going to put our, our stuff today uh, for for this uh, Wednesday, the Wednesday August fifth slate of NBA daily fantasy matchups. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Josh, you want to start us off, and uh, we'll get going. Yep, let's kick it off. Let's start with this first game that we have on the slate. It's the Twins facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates are pitching Trevor Williams today, and on the other side we have Randy Dobnak. Let's start with Trevor Williams facing off against his high-powered Twins lineup. Sean, what do you think about the Twins against Trevor Williams? 
Yeah, there's a couple of things that you can circle here. Trevor doesn't allow hard contact, 32% against both handedness, lefties and righties, but he also allows a lot of fly balls. So this is tough because you want the guys that are going to hit the ball in the air and hit it hard. You want the highest hard contact rates on this Minnesota team, and you're lucky because you have a lot of them on this Minnesota <laughs> Twins team. There are a lot of guys that have a high hard contact rate. Let's just start at the top. Max Kepler had a day yesterday. He's somebody in the leadoff spot that you can absolutely target tonight. 44% uh, hard contact rate. Jorge Polanco, this is the one guy in the Minnesota Twins team that scares me. He actually worries me. I would not be targeting Jorge Polanco because his hard contact rate, it's sub 40%. It's at 36%. Anything less than 40 typically is some a player that I, I pay attention to and typically cross off my player card. Looking at down the list, Nelson Cruz, no surprise here, 52% hard contact rate. That's one of the best in the entire league. Uh, and then one that probably will surprise a lot of guys today, it's Jake K. Josh, I'm sure you've seen this. I know that you started digging into your, your MLB research early last night. Uh, but Jake K actually leads the Minnesota Twins with the highest hard contact rate on the entire roster against right-handed pitchers. And it's a good sample size, too. He's in the five-hole today, and he's only $2,700 on DraftKings. Meet one of my favorite value bats on the entire slate. It is Ooh. Jake Cave. What do you think, Josh? Okay. Jake Cave, 2700 I just, I, I don't know on DraftKings how you fade the guy. Yeah, I think you can just load up on lefties against Trevor Williams. They've been abs He's been absolutely terrible against them. Low ground ball rate, a lot of, not a lot of hard contact, but enough that I am at least interested. And with how many runs that this Twins team can put up, I mean, we've seen them put up so many runs so far this year. I like Jake Cave quite a bit. I don't mind Nelson Cruz. Again, when you're talking about hot hands, Nelson Cruz is definitely one of the hottest hitters in the MLB right now. So I like Nelson Cruz. You're going to have to pay up for him, but I think it is worth it today. And Sean, we talk about it. This makes for a perfect one three five if you include Nelson Cruz in there. What do you think about Cruz? Yeah, I like Cruz and I love the one three five. Josh is referring to the the number one, the number three, and the number five hitter. This is my favorite correlated stack in MLB DFS. The reason is you get multipliers. You get guys on base when your hitters are hitting, and the guys on base when they score runs, you get multiplied points. So you want. A135, this is my personal favorite way to correlate. And in this game, literally my favorite three hitters are the 135. So we're making the outfield pretty simple for you guys on DraftKings. On Minnesota, all three outfielders are the 135 hitters in Max Kepler at 4,100, Nelson Cruz at 4,900, and Jake Cave at 27. Fandle, even cheaper pricing. You can lock in these three guys in your outfield, and, well, you don't even have to really worry about the rest. I will say this. There's going to be a lot of good outfielders on tonight's slate. This is the first game on the slate. Don't get too excited with just locking them in, but if you want to build some GPP lineups, we'll circle back around to it once we get to the end of the slate and say, is this still one of my favorite stacks of the slate? I will say right now, ahead of time and in advance, Minnesota's a top five stack for me. Uh, so I, I do like Minnesota, and I love this one three five. It's it's all of their outfielders, just in an easy spot. Josh, let's look at the other side of the ball. Randy Dobnak. What can you tell me about Randy? I can tell you that Randy Randy has been super serviceable so far, an XFIP of 3.84 between the past two years, and he gets to go up against this Pittsburgh Pirates team that, honestly, I just don't respect so far this year. They haven't been very good when it comes to hitting the ball. They've all been sub-300 Wobas. They have one of the worst batting averages in the MLB right now, and they just don't look like a very good hitting team, so... Honestly, Randy is going to be low-owned, and he's going to be at a low price tag everywhere. I can understand if you end up rostering Randy Dobnak today. 7,200. I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit when he said that. <laughs> uh, but still, at the same point, I do understand it. Pittsburgh's been that bad, guys. Pittsburgh's been terrible. So you want to target pitchers against bad offenses and cold offenses at that. I think that Randy Dobnak makes sense. Do not play Pittsburgh hitters. Don't do that. Randy is good enough where you should not be considering these bats uh, in your lineup. And, and because of that, it's just like the natural rule of thumb. If you're going to fade hitters on one team, you got to consider the pitcher on the other team. Right, Josh? Yes, definitely. Are you ready to move on to this next game, Sean? Let's do it.
Let's do it. Let's move on. It's the Blue Jays facing off against the Braves. We have Ryu on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays, and we have Sean Newcomb on the mound for the Braves. Let's talk about Ryu, Sean. This is someone who was on the Dodgers last year, looked like a really yeah. good picture pitcher, and it just hasn't translated over this Toronto Blue Jays team. So far this year, he has an XFIP of 5.07, a low K rate at 20%, Ooh. and a low ground ball rate at 39%. He's facing off against a Braves team that has been known to absolutely smash against left-handed hitters. I think the Braves are one of the better tournament stacks on today's slate. No one's going to rush them because everyone respects Ryu. But let me just say Ryu hasn't been the same pitcher so far this year. And not only that, but the bullpen behind Ryu is just not very good whatsoever. I like the Braves. They put up a 10 spot last night. I think they can honestly do it again. Yeah. Everything that Josh just said... I disagree strongly with, <laughs> and I will even go one step further. Actually, that's not true. I agree with one thing you said, and I'll highlight that first. The bullpen sucks behind him, okay? The bullpen sucks. There's no if ends about it. Ken Giles got hurt for Toronto. This bullpen is just, it's terrible. It's shit trash, okay? With all that being said, I am not going to buy in to Josh is sitting here talking about 45 plate appearances so far in 2020 for Hinju Ryu. Like, guys, look back, turn the calendar back to 2019 and look at a sample size of 700 plate appearances instead of 75. This is a big league pitcher. This is a ace. This is a number one. I believe in Ryu wholeheartedly. His ex-fip was one of the lowest in the entire league last year at 3.2. His ground ball rate was incredible as well at 54 and 52% against both handedness. His collective ground ball rate was 53 on the nose. He induces ground balls. His K rate was 22%. He was striking out hitters left and right. His XFIP is fantastic. That's the stat that I care about the most. This is a number one, at worst case scenario, a number two on any team in baseball. I, I could not disagree with you more. Do not play Atlanta Braves hitters. It's a terrible play. Terrible play. Look, he's just been bad, and that's what it comes down to so far this year, Sean. He's it's been bad. Starts. It doesn't matter. If he's cold, I'm going to target a, a Braves team that is extremely hot right now. They just put up 10 runs yesterday. And this is not this is not him facing yeah. off against the Astros twice or anything. He faced off against the Tampa Bay Rays, which aren't that all great of a hitting team. And he faced off against the Washington Nationals, who are without Anthony Rendon and are a much weaker offense than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, I... That's a touchdown and a field goal, man. He had two bad games. He had two bad games. I think it could be. And he's facing off against a great offense this time. I think think it's going to be three bad games after tonight. D is looking at this entire conversation as an outsider and as a a person that is understanding the whole situation, probably in the same vantage point that our, our listeners are. So, D, on behalf of the listeners... Which side do you agree with more? Are we buying into the two starts this year, or are we buying into the 30-plus starts last year? I, I'm going – I like the hot hand, man, right now. It's there you early. go. Like, there you I go. Like, I like the spice, you know? I, I feel like you, you just got to go after the, the, the attrition. If we were later in the season and it was like, you know, not that it's going to be, but 60 games in, I'm looking at the body work. But right now – I'm, I'm, I'm you, you, you strike when the iron's hot. That's what I'm, that's what I'm after. Oh right now. man. Yeah. I could I'm, it's two, against, it's two against one. Everybody I'm, I'm outvoted here. Don't, <laughs> don't play brave hitters. But if you guys want to in some tournaments, listen, I'm your cash game pro. Josh is your GPP pro. He's going to naturally take more risks than I am. Uh, I just think this is a dumb risk. So there you go, Josh. I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Well, you, baseball's a game. It's it's just it's a high pressure risk game, isn't it? Really? It is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, Josh, since we agreed so much on this first set of the ball, let's talk about the other, huh? Yes, let's talk about the other. Let's talk about Sean Newcomb. He had an exit of four point six nine through the two thousand nineteen season. Had a really solid ground ball rate. I'm not interested in Sean Newcomb, and I'm not interested in these Toronto Blue Jays hitters. Sean, what do you think here? Finally, something we can agree on. <laughs> About time, jeez. I, <laughs> I think I think this is a stay away spot. Newcomb is good enough where you don't want to take hitters against them, and the hitters are good enough where you don't want to take Newcomb. So, 
yeah, just just stay away, Spot. There's no reason to – I mean, 10 games late, 20 teams that are playing today, no reason to go there. We can move on to the next game. Definitely. Let's move on to the next game. Let's talk about the Cleveland Indians facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Let's talk about Mike Clevenger first. He was an ace last year, had an XFIP of 3.18, a 33% K rate. He gets a face-off against a Cincinnati team that is headlined by Castellanos, who has hit six home runs in six games. Sean, he's been incredibly hot, but I'm not even going to consider him against a pitcher like Clevenger. Yeah, this is – a I'm really glad you didn't do what you did on the last game here because we would have had those would have been fighting words, Josh. Clevenger so far this season has a five xFIP. He has allowed his hard contact rate fifty percent to righties and forty percent to lefties. He has been a gas can this season, but let me just tell you, that's two starts. He is an absolute animal. This is a pitcher who. <laughs> No matter what, I don't care about two starts. Mike Clevenger still has his 33% K rate from last season that he keeps in his back pocket. He still has a swinging strike rate of 15%. Those are the amounts of swings that, swings that he gets on strikes in the strike zone. 15% is well above league average. League average is around 11.5. Clevenger, he, he misses bats, and that's what you want. You want strikeout upside. And, and this team does strike out a lot, too, in the red. So Clevenger... Somebody that I definitely would consider, but you're going to have to pay a hefty price tag for him. He's $9,200 on DraftKings. You're, you're not getting him at a salary relief, but still, I mean, to that point, Josh, we've seen Clevenger in the 11K range on DK. So it is... Is 9200 actually a discount for yeah. Clevenger tonight? I think it's a huge discount for the type of pitcher that he is. Let me just say, this is where breaking down the box scores is very key because you talked about it. Clevenger has, he's been a gas can so far this year. Who has he faced? He faced the Kansas City Royals and he pitched really well against the Kansas City Royals. Pitched seven innings, only gave up four hits, had six strikeouts and two earned runs. Then he had to face off against the Minnesota Twins. And the Minnesota Twins, we just yeah. talked about, one of the more high-powered offenses in baseball. So it's under understandable that he's had a rough time so far he's had to face a really good offense in the twins i think you're getting a huge discount on clevenger and i think people will stay away just because they'll look at his recent stats they'll look at exactly what you just looked at sean and saying his xfip is a five i that's not the pitcher that he is and i don't believe in this cincinnati team that much i like clevenger at the discount today yeah 9200 it seems like a fair price tag what are we what are we thinking about on the other side of the ball josh yeah, we have TJ Antone, who made his MLB debut earlier this year. He had a really oh. good debut as well. XFIP of 4.05, a good K rate. I don't think that continues against a very good Cleveland Indians team that has hitters up and down this lineup that are very dangerous. I still don't think I'm going to attack any Cleveland Indians just because I think there's better stacks on today's slate. But Sean, what do you think? He pitched a good enough first game where it's going to be a wait-and-see approach for me. Because yeah. if he can continue pitching like that at the major league level, then you cannot target against him. I will say this. Young pitcher against a lot of experienced hitters on this Indians lineup, like Francisco Lindor and Carlos Santana, they've seen, and Jose Ramirez, former MVP candidate, they've seen a lot of talented arms, so they should be able to feast on a rookie but there's some encouraging lines that, that look good. His his ground ball rate against righties, and he faced 14 right-handed batters last game, uh, was a 57%. Against lefties, only three at-bats. So do we really care about any of the numbers against lefties? I think the answer is no, but he really struggled against them in his first start. There's a lot of potent, really high upside Cleveland Indians lefties in the lineup. So if you're going to buy into, like, the smallest sample size humanly possible in three at bats at the major league level. He has a 1000 ISO guys. It doesn't get <laughs> higher than that. So literally like every single ball that was hit off of a left-handers bat in his first major league game was hit over 95 miles an hour. Uh, that is something that I'm at least going to pay attention to. I, I don't know, Josh, wait and see approach, but I, I am going to wait and see. I'm going to pay attention to what he does tonight. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a good spot to watch and wait on. Uh, let's move on to this next game, Sean. Let's talk about the Cubs facing off against Kansas City Royals. We've talked about two aces that have had a really tough time to start out this year. Let's talk about an ace that hasn't had a tough time, and that's you, Darvish. So far this year, he has an XFIP of 2.37, a K rate of yeah, 30%. He's just looked really solid throughout, and now he gets a face off against the Kansas City Royals team that, outside of their top hitters in Whit Merrifield and Jorge Soler, they're not that good overall, right, Sean? 
Absolutely. And you, Darvish, you're going to pay a lot for him. He's 10 4 tonight on DraftKings, but you talk about upside arms, and it's definitely there. He'll be popular on DraftKings tonight. He'll probably be popular on FanDuel as well because the, the Kansas City Royals are a triple A team at best uh, when 100% healthy. So he should be able to mow them down. There should be strikeouts up and down the lineup. The bottom fourth, uh, even the bottom third, of this lineup is as bad as it gets with Franchi Cordero, Michael Franco, and Nicky Lopez. Uh, one through six is okay. I mean, I'll at least give them that, but I just think there's a lot of strikeouts here. So Darvish should have a pretty good game overall. The problem that I'm having today, Josh, is I like a lot of hitters on today's slate. We've already talked about yeah. twins. We'll talk about more, more bats later on in the slate. But because of that, it's hard to get your high-powered offenses, and it's hard to get the, the big names and the big bats that I want to get when you're playing a pitcher like you, Darvish. So roster construction probably is going to have me off, you, Darvish, tonight, but I would not fault any of our listeners for playing you. Definitely, especially if you can find a low price stack that you really like on today's slate. You is definitely in consideration. Sean, let's talk about the other side. We have Chris Bubik on the mound for the Royals today. He's good, man. Yeah, he looked at least halfway decent. I, I talked about him on our podcast last week, but this is a pitcher that only had played in single A ball before making his major league appearance last week, and he did really well, honestly. He had a really good ground ball rate and a small sample size of course it was only one start but a 72 percent ground ball rate is nothing to scoff at sean can you take chicago cubs hitters against this inexperienced rookie nope let's not waste any time on it bubik is talented he's i would say a mid-level prospect and he looked really good in his major league debut i, I don't want to take any chicago cubs hitters against chris bubik tonight i don't want to i, I you can't make me you can't Perfect. force me i'm not Perfect. doing it I will say, if you're making multiple lineups for tournaments, I think there are some Chicago. You can't make. I think there are some (laughs) Chicago Cubs hitters that at least deserve some consideration. Chris Bryant has been amazing so far against lefties this year. A 540 WOBA in a 286 ISO. Javier Baez has been really good against lefties. So is David Bodie in the six hole of this lineup. I think there are some consideration for Cubs hitters, but they're not someone that I'm focusing on. I don't even know if I'd put them as a top five stack uh, on today's slate. <laughs> that's fine let's let's just move on let's move on to this next game it's the brewers facing off against the white Sox. we have dallas keichel on the mound for the white Sox. on the other side we have adrian hauser let's talk about dallas keichel first sean let me just say i looked at fanduel today when i first did when or i looked at it last night when i was first doing my research and dallas keichel's price tag kind of shocked me did it shock you yeah, a little bit. And, and you know, you got to also give credit here. Dallas Keuchel has been one of the best ground ball pitchers in baseball over the last decade. Uh, so because of that, like, I can I can understand why you would just want to consider him just by default. But this price tag, it's, well, it's something that we definitely should talk about, Josh. Yeah. So I, I don't want to steal your thunder and, and take away your take here. No, yeah, he's 6900 on FanDuel. I just don't. This Milwaukee team has been in such a sore spot. Their superstar in Christian Yelich. And- yeah, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, took yeah, the words right suck. out of my mouth, Sean. Sore yeah, spot, they suck. Yeah, they, they suck. Do suck. They there's, suck. There's some. There's some analysis for you, D. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah Chris, their superstar in Christian Yelich has been ice cold from the plate so far this year. I mean, he has been one of the coldest players in all of the MLB. I haven't looked at it recently, but I knew yesterday, the day before, he was one for 27 from the plate, which is absolutely awful. And he's not going to be much better against Dallas Keuchel, who has been dominant against lefties for the past few years. So if you're able to take... You know what Christian Yelich is hitting right now? What? You know what he's hitting right now? What is he hitting? (laughs) Oh, 88. Yeah. Christian Yelich is hitting... 088 and he gets wow. to face a lefty that dominates lefties today yeah so. it's not going to be a good time for christian yelich and if you're able to pull a superstar and take him completely out of consideration then you have to at least consider the pitcher that they're face or that's facing off against that team i like dallas keichel at this low price tag i know he's not going to rack up k's but sean like you said there are quite a few high price stack today's that are really favorable for dfs i want to get those high price stacks and i want to load up on hitters today so i'm willing to Seven. take the discount Typically, you see DraftKings pricing lower than FanDuel's, and DraftKings actually flip-flopped it today. It's 7400 on DK and 69 on FanDuel. So I wouldn't play Keiko on DraftKings, uh, but I think on FanDuel at 6900 there's a huge edge there and a huge advantage. I think it's way too cheap. Um, 
Keuchel just induces a ton of ground balls. He's one of those guys that'll just grind out six innings, get three or four strikeouts, give up one run, get the quality start in the win, and, and you just forget that he even pitched the game. You know, yeah. uh, that's totally. the kind of pitcher that Dallas Keuchel is. So that totally, that's exactly a great example. Of that guy. <laughs> he's like that's... he's Mister Nondescript. Like he yeah. just kind of shows up and then then leaves, and you're like, who is that guy? I love exactly. it. But he's going to, he'll get you fantasy points. I mean, that's, he's a quality arm. So, you know, somebody, even at 7,400, say you had 75 on the table as your last roster spot at the pitcher position on DraftKings. I would not be mad at you one bit if you played Dallas Keuchel at 7,400. Let's talk about Adrian Hauser on the other side of the ball, Josh, because he actually is a very impressive young man. Yeah, he's someone that I've always had my eye on just because I believe in his skill set. I think he is a really good pitcher. Between last year and this year, he's had an XFIP of 3.68, which is near which is near elite, and he had a K rate of 25% as well. Thing is, he's really good against right-handed bats, and he does struggle against left-handed bats. In this yeah. White Sox lineup, there's going to be probably five lefties in the lineup, and I'm not sure if I can buy into Adrian Hauser against five lefties. Can you, Sean? No. Stay away spot. He's a good arm. These are competent bats on the White Sox. They're not the same White Sox team that they used to have. Uh, because of that, don't play Adrian Hauser. But, you know, I mean, in GBPs, 8,100 on draft. Uh, no. Actually, you know what? Terrible play in all formats. No need to spend <laughs> more time on it. There you Terrible go. play. Good. Yeah, play I, think that's, I think that's the right take there. Uh, let's move <laughs> I on. I tried. I know. You really did try, but it just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen there. Uh, let's move on to this. Talk thing. yourself into it. <laughs> I tried to. D. I was like, you know what? I like I like this kid's skill set, but then yeah. it's like, yeah, eighty one hundred on DK against a White Sox team that I respect, and Vegas has the White Sox actually favored in this game. Uh, it's never really a fun predicament to spend eight thousand uh, dollars on a pitcher that's a dog in the game. That's just yeah. not like that's. That's DFS 101 for you guys. If you guys are looking at starting pitchers and you only have like 20 minutes to do research, I'll give you guys like quick 20-minute research ideas and plans. Go look at all the Vegas turtles. Take pitchers that are cheap, that are favorites to win the game. There you go. Quick. 20 minutes or less. There you go. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more research that goes into it like you guys here, but... I don't want to spend over 8K for a pitcher that's an underdog in a game. No thanks. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to this next game, Sean. Let's talk about the Coors game of the slate. It's the Giants facing off against the Colorado Rockies. John Gray is on the mound for the Colorado Rockies, while on the other side, we're going to have Logan Webb on the mound. Let's talk about John Gray first. He's facing off against this Giants team who couldn't even put up more than two runs in Coors yesterday. Can they put up more than two runs today? Herman Marquez is a filthy animal. He is so good, dude. I am, I am like, excuse the listeners that don't want to get this much of an analogy, but dude, I have the biggest erection for Herman Marquez in on on planet Earth. This guy is my favorite pitcher in the big leagues. He plays in Coors Field, which is the number one hitter's park. And every single time that he pitches at home, and every time he pitches anywhere, he goes out there and just fucking dominates. Just dominates. Herman Marquez is my guy. I love him. And he made, I mean, Josh, big edge for us last night. The San Francisco Giants were all chalky. Chalky means high-owned. They were high-owned last night. And, of course, we faded them because Herman Marquez was on the mound for the Rockies. And Herman did what Herman does. So, I... And, and John Gray, for what it's worth, he's a poor man's version of Herman Marquez. And <laughs> Very poor by man. poor, I mean, like, pretty poor, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can target lefties against John Gray, and I think that San Fran has enough competent lefties in this lineup where you, you definitely have to at least circle them on your, your player pool today. Yeah, and the big thing that jumps out to me when I look at John Gray is the ground ball rate over the last two seasons, which is at 50.7%. It's even good against lefties at 47.7%. So you yeah. want to find hitters, you want to find lefties with low ground ball rates, and it works out perfectly. Mike Yastrzemski, who's going to be in the leadoff spot for this Giants team, has a 31% ground ball rate. Alex Dickerson, who's going to be in the two-hole for this Giants team, has a 34% ground ball rate. And then Brandon Belt in the four-hole has a 28% ground ball rate. I can Ooh. buy into all three of those lefties. I think they all make for a great little three-man stack right there. Mm-hmm. 28% ground ball rate for Brandon Belt is incredible. There's your first baseman on DraftKings, guys. Brandon Belt's going to leave the yard tonight in Coors Field. 
Um, looking on the other side of the ball, Josh, I mean, I talked about me wanting to spend up on hitters, and you guys are probably wondering, why aren't you playing you Darvish? Why aren't you playing all these payout pitchers? Well, here's your reason, because the Colorado Rockies are going to score like 14 runs tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if and when they score 14 runs, anybody that doesn't have all the Rockies in their lineups are fucked. Uh, so, Josh, let's just walk through Logan Webb and how much of a gas can he is on the slate. How how amazing is it when Coors Field, guys, low altitude, the ball travels further. If you guys aren't familiar with why Coors Field is the number one hitter's park in all of baseball, it's the highest altitude. I said low altitude. Highest altitude, the ball flies when it's hit. There's also no humidity in the air. Humidity, because of the precipitation in the air, naturally it slows the ball down, right, when the ball's hit. No humidity, high altitude, the ball fucking flies in Coors Field. Because of that, you have to always consider hitters in Coors Field. Josh, what happens when a gas can? Arguably, the biggest gas can of the slate. And a gas can is a pitcher that gets blown up. Okay, that is that is what a gas can is. What happens when a gas can walks into Coors Field, Josh? They they usually get blown up. Yeah, you by usually you mean like literally always, <laughs> nearly yeah, always. Literally. Yeah. So Logan, let's talk about Logan a little. Yeah, so so far he's at an exit of 4.31, a K rate of 20%. His fly ball rate is respectable at 24%, but that's only because his line drive rate is so high. Sean, I don't think I've seen a 28% line drive rate ever almost. The hard contact he gives up is insane as well. I want to load up on hitters. The thing is, I think the right hitters to take against him are going to be the right-handed hitters because he's severely, he's a reverse splits pitcher, which means he is severely worse against right-handed batters compared to left-handed batters. There's not many right-handed bats in this lineup outside of Story and Arenado, and I don't mind Chris Owings at the bottom of this lineup as well. Other than that, like, are you getting excited about these lefties too, Sean? Yes, yes, the whole thing. Now, listen, you say there's only two righties on this team that I care about. Those two righties happen to be the best two hitters on the entire Colorado Rockies team. Nolan Arenado hit a home run in his last two games. He's hotter than a fox in a forest fire right now. There's no reason that you should look anywhere else at third base on tonight's slate. And Trevor Story, by the way, I might add, he's been red hot over the last seven days as well. Uh, This weekend, Josh, he did really well for you. So I... Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, start your lineups there. Literally start your lineups tonight with those two hitters, and you can absolutely correlate and add some other Rockies hitters in your lineup. I talked about other outfielders that I like on the slate. The Twins are still, so far, I don't want to give everything away, through the slate, my favorite outfield on the slate. Points per dollar. But you can still play some of these Rockies. David Dahl, amazing play in the outfield. Charlie Blackman, amazing play in the outfield. He had, I think, a three-hit game yesterday, two-hit game, Josh. Um, So anyways, with all that being said, I love Colorado tonight. And I don't think you can get enough of them. Uh, This Colorado Rockies team will break the slate. Definitely. Let's move on to this next game, Sean, where it's the Astros facing off against the Diamondbacks. We were both on the Astros yesterday, Sean, and it proved well for us because they ended up scoring eight runs. Am I crazy for thinking that they're going to do it all over again against someone who I think is a gas can and Robbie Ray? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. They they're heating up, which is an important thing. They're playing in the second best hitters park in baseball in Chase Field in Arizona. So amazing park for hitters. They're the away team, so they get a guaranteed ninth inning. You don't have to worry about if they're winning the game. They're not going to hit in the bottom of the ninth. You have a lot of boxes getting checked just at the surface of this. And then you dig deeper into it. Robbie Ray, name recognition, people love him. K-rate, people love him. 31%. That's elite. But what people don't understand about Robbie Ray is when he's not getting strikeouts, he's getting lit the fuck up. Listen to this. His ground ball rate, 34% against right-handed hitters, and his hard contact rate against righties, 43% as well. You can go right back to the well. Jose Altuve hit hit a home run last night. Carlos Correa in the five-hole, shout-out. I mean, truly shout-out for them moving him up in that lineup in the five-hole. Super excited about that. You can go back to the well with Carlos Correa. This Astros team, again, you wonder why I don't want to pay up a pitcher tonight. Here are your reasons why. Houston, expensive. Colorado, expensive. Minnesota, expensive. Do you, you kind of see where I'm going with this, Josh? I want the hitters on tonight's slate. I don't want to pay up for arms because then I'm not going to be able to get 
a Houston mini stack of two hitters in my lineup. Then I'm not going to be able to get a full Coors stack of four or five players from Coors. I'm not going to be able to get the Minnesota outfielders for a three-man stack. Like, it's going to be impossible to build that lineup if you're paying all the way up a pitcher. And guess what, guys? When your hitter outscores your pitcher, what happens when Nolan Arenado outscores you Darvish tonight? Well, if you played you, you're in a lot of trouble. So I'm just saying I, I completely agree, wholeheartedly agree, the Houston team is right back in play and my second favorite stack of tonight's slate right behind Colorado. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Sean. We got some breaking news that I'm very happy we got to us right now because it is important. Lance McCullers just got scratched and instead we are going to oh. have Oh, never mind. Never mind. It just got updated. Lance McCullers did not get scratched. He will start today. Okay. False alarm. Super sorry. Apparently it's April Fool's a little little early. Yeah, I'm I'm not crazy. I saw the update on my phone. Like, it (laughs) didn't just rain. Like, I saw it. I promise, guys. I'm not crazy here. Anyway, Lance McCullers, he is starting. I feel like you might be crazy. I I might be crazy. I might be crazy. Who knows? But anyway, Lance McCullers has been awful so far this year, Sean. An XFIP of almost six right now. I like Lance McCullers. We've talked about this before, Sean. I really like He's Lance McCullers. Man. I think he is a very talented pitcher. But, man, is that XFIP absolutely awful. Yeah, but you want to know the good thing about his XFIP? And you want to know the, the good thing about the fact that he's been struggling, D? You're going to get him at super cheap price on DraftKings at 8300 yeah. yeah. Like, that's the good thing. That's where you get the edge. Guys, he's struggled so far this season, but we know that he's a competent pitcher. Like, we know that. So Lance McCullers against this Arizona Diamondbacks team, which, by the way, Christian Javier yesterday just sailed through this lineup against the Diamondbacks. And how can you blame him? The Diamondbacks lineup sucks. So Lance McCullers should be in for smooth sailing, should be an easy start. You should see him put on the cruise control in this game. And the most encouraging thing is you want to get ground ball pitchers against this team. Uh, Lance McCullers is one of the best at inducing ground balls in all of baseball against right-handed hitters, the same handedness in 2018. He was injured for 2019. So don't try to look at 2019 data in 2018 before Tommy John surgery. He had a 58% ground ball rate against righties and a 50.7% ground ball rate against lefties. You can't elevate the ball against him. He has an elite strikeout rate at 27%. He's going to get swings and misses. His swing and strike rates at 13.8%, well above league average too. He's going to induce a ton of ground balls. And he's facing a team that I don't think can play professional baseball. No chance they make the playoffs this year. I I love Lance McCullers. I think Lance McCullers at this price point. And here's the other thing, too. Houston's been using their bullpen a lot. So because of that, they're going to ask Lance McCullers to pitch deeper into this game. Which, guys, the deeper you go, the more pitches you get, the more fantasy points you get. So Lance McCullers should be in line for six-plus innings easily. I know Houston's going to win this game because I love their offense, and I think they score a lot of runs against Robbie Ray. You should get the win bonus for Lance McCullers, too. There's a lot of boxes getting checked for Lance McCullers, Josh. I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach with Lance McCullers. I'm going to let him prove it to me before I start rostering him because until I see that XFIP improve, I I just don't want any part of it. Let's move on to this. It's two starts, Josh. It has been two two starts. You're 100% right, but it's two starts off of a Tommy John surgery. That's... That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. all Definitely. I'm saying. Let's move on to this next game, Sean. Let's talk about the Dodgers facing off against the Padres. You have Garrett Richards on the mound for the Padres. And on the other side, you have Richard Stripling for the Dodgers. Let's talk about Richards first. Uh, XFIP of 4.15, a K rate of 27%, facing off against a very high potent Dodgers team. I don't mind Dodgers righties today because Garrett Richards is a reverse splits pitcher. He does worse against right handed hitters. I don't mind Mookie Betts. I don't mind Justin Turner. Yeah. But I'm not super excited about this team. And I will say, Will Smith is a reverse splits hitter as well. So when you have a reverse splits hitter and a reverse splits pitcher, usually works out well for you. So I like Will Smith in the catcher spot over on DraftKings. But other than that, I'm, I can't get excited about the lefties on this Dodgers team. What about you, Sean? I, I, don't, I don't know how you can say that, man. I mean, like, the Dodgers, here's the issue, guys. My 1A, 1B, and 1C stacks on this 10-game slate are Colorado 1. Houston two and Dodgers three. Like these are my one, two, three stacks on the slate and the Dodgers, you're going to pay an arm and a leg for them because they're the Dodgers. But it's a big bite. Cody Bellinger is only 4,700 on DraftKings. And I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't understand that. I, I really don't. I don't understand why you're getting a price tag and of sub five K for the arguable best hitter on the, the best national team or team in the national league. I I really like Cody Bellinger at 4,700, 
And I think you can look at a full stack here for the Dodgers. Me personally, I'll just say be 100% transparent with all the listeners right now. I'm not going to be playing most likely any Dodgers in my DraftKings lineup or FanDuel lineups. But I don't feel great about it. I don't feel fantastic about it because I think the Dodgers— I think the Dodgers are going to score some runs tonight against Garrett Richards. And, and looking at Garrett Richards, he's coming off injury too, Josh. And, and he has looked like somebody that I have no issue targeting against. His hard contact rate, 55-plus percent against both-handedness. Like, lefties and righties smashed this guy. Again, small sample size. We're talking less than 100 plate appearances over the last two years. But uh, until he proves to me that he's a competent big-league pitcher, I'm not going to treat him like he is. And, and I think that the Dodgers are— I think Vegas got this total wrong, too, by the way. Vegas right now has the, the Dodgers implied total at 4.16 runs. I, I Shocked if they score less than five. Shocked. Uh, so go hammer the over there if you can bet individually on the Dodgers uh, prop. With all of that being said, I still really like the Dodgers. Don't have them in my lineups, but I, I don't know how you can say, Josh, that you don't have interest in them. No, I didn't, and I didn't say I didn't have interest in them. I just said I had in, more interest in the righties than the lefties practically you said you did i i never yeah, said anything of the sort of saying i had no interest in I them mean, like that's absolute like don't put words in my mouth here sean because i didn't say i had no interest much. in them okay Just well me. i guess we're gonna disagree to disagree and i'll have to play back the clip and then go pull it out for you tomorrow sean uh let's talk about the okay. other side let's talk about ross stripling his excerpt is a 3.75 his k rate is 25 percent. do you have interest in him in a pitcher's park facing off against his padres team sean Sure. Why not? He's he's pitched two good games, and the Padres do strike out a lot. Uh, and he's 7,800 on DraftKings. So, good price. Decent matchup. Padres lineup is, I mean, it's potent, but they strike out a lot. So, lots of strikeouts there. Stripling's been going deeper into the games than he did last year. Dave Roberts is not being Dave Roberts that he was last year, which was super annoying, by the way. Dave Roberts, it was tough to figure him out. Uh, in targeting against him because he would pull pitchers after three innings the second time that it comes around. But now that you have DHs that are universal in both the National League and the American League, you don't have to worry about pinch hitters, uh, which is great. It's amazing. Uh, so take advantage of it. I, I think Ross Stripling at 7,800 is a is a fine play. I have no issues with it whatsoever. Okay, let's move on to the next game, Sean. Let's talk about Sean Mania facing off against Kyle Gibson. It's the Oakland Athletics facing off against the Texas Rangers. Let's talk about Sean Mania first, a very respectful respectful pitcher. Exit at 3.65, a K rate of 27%, a walk rate of just 5%. Facing off against a Texas team that hasn't hit well to start out this year. What do you think about Mania, and what do you think about these Texas bats, Sean? Yeah, Sean Mania, first of all, he has a great first name. And second of all, this mm-hmm. guy is... Mm-hmm. I think it, really bad joke. I'm glad that glad I could get a laugh out of it. Uh, oh, that was not that was not a laugh. <laughs> I mean, like kind of a little. <laughs> if a chortle, maybe a chortle. You know? What's a chortle? That is awesome. Uh, anyways, I respect I respect his arm uh, quite a bit, and I respect his arm a lot less against right-handed hitters. And frankly, this this Rangers team just doesn't have a lot of good right-handed hitters. Their best two hitters in the lineup, and Rugnet Odor and Joey Gallo, are both lefties. Uh, and Manaya mows down left-handed hitters. So because of that process of elimination here, just kind of my own deduction, I think that he should have a good game. Uh, the righties in the lineup don't scare me tremendously. The only two that could end up hurting you are Elvis Andrus and Nick Solak at the top of the lineup. Outside of these two guys, I'm just not worried about this Texas Rangers offense. So yet another mid-price pitcher, 8600 in Shaw I would consider I'd rather save the money. I would rather go somewhere else at the pitcher position. But uh, we're talking about a lot of mid, mid-price mid guys. We're talking about a lot of cheap pitchers. Are, I mean, Josh, hopefully this build is helping all the listeners you know, make something that they like uh, because you do not need to spend up at pitching on tonight's slate. No, you definitely don't. Let's talk about the other side, Sean. Let's talk about Kyle Gibson facing off against this Oakland team. The thing that jumps out to me is that Kyle Gibson has a really respectful ground ball rate at 55%, and there are just a lot of right-handed hitters in this Oakland lineup. That's their one weakness this year, is that they just don't have a lot of lefties to build up against right-handed pitchers. So, Kyle Gibson isn't the worst play. I don't think he's the best play, because I still respect this athletics lineup. Most likely, I'm just going to stay away from it altogether. Yeah, you you said about I, I mean, 
you said it perfectly. There's no need for me to say the exact same thing that you just said. <laughs> Perfect. Let's. I, I think we can move on to the last game of the slate. Yeah, let's move on to the last game of the slate. It's the Angels facing off against the Seattle Mariners. Marco Gonzalez is on the mound for the Seattle Mariners. And on the other side, we have Julio Tehran making his Angels debut. Let's talk about Julio Tehran. He's facing off against the Seattle Mariners. He's so bad. He's, that, so bad. he's so bad, but the Mariners are so bad too, Sean. Like, they're both really bad, right? <laughs> like, they're both awful. Yeah, but dude, Julio Julio Teheran's like he's like first level bad. Like just target against this guy. Like I want I want JP Crawford. I want Kyle Seeger. I I want like if you're I said that I was gonna give you guys a a cheap value stack on tonight's slate if you wanted to pay up a pitcher, which I'm not doing that. So if if you guys want to have fun with it. Uh, but if you are gonna pay up a pitcher, you're gonna need some cheap bats. Look at Seattle. For your cheap bats, you can get Kyle Lewis at 3,900 on DK. You can look at uh, JP Crawford at 3,800 on DK. You can look at Kyle Seeger at 4,100. Seeger might be my favorite value one-off on FanDuel on the entire slate. Uh, I think Seeger leaves the ballpark in his first at bat tonight. There's a call for you, Josh. I think that's, Kyle Seeger hits definitely a home a call. run in his first at bat tonight. Whoa. That is a mighty call for sure. I don't know if I agree with you, but I can I can get behind it in some lineups. I'm definitely down. Let's talk about the other side, Sean. Marco Gonzalez, you respect this guy a ton. I respect this Angels lineup a ton. Let me just say, Mike Trout showed off some dad strength last night. He came back from his first game after having his first kid, and he hit a home run in his first at-bat. And I can't say that I was even surprised to see that he hit a home run in his first at-bat. Does he keep the streak going, Sean? Can he hit another one tonight against Marco? When you got something to play for, like a newborn, I mean, D, you can relate to me on this. Like, yeah, you you're got you're there's, there's nothing that, you're, that compares to the amount of, like, adrenaline coursing through your body for the next week. You know, you have a good week I'm, before you burn out. That's what I'm saying, man. So, Mike Trout, elite one-off? Like, if you're going to play just one Angels hitter on the team, just roll Mike Trout out there naked. Seriously. Uh, I think Mike Trout makes so much sense if you're playing him as a one-off tonight. And to that point, I do respect Marco Gonzalez, but I respected him more last year than I do this year, Josh. I've seen some things that kind of scare me a little bit. He was an elite ground ball pitcher last year. He's not inducing ground balls to right-handed hitters at all. Uh, And because of that, this Angels lineup has a lot of competent right-handed hitters in the middle of it. So David Fletcher at 3,700. An amazing value play on DraftKings. Justin Upton at 3,500. An amazing value play on DraftKings. Uh, and Albert Pujols. The guy's been red hot, too. So 3,700 for Albert Pujols. There are ways to pay up a pitcher. And, and I just told you two of them. And they come from the same game. Talk about a late-night hammer that we're going to be sweating out tonight. Because I could see some fireworks in this last game of this late, Josh. I could see this Angels and Mariners game going well over the nine-run total here. Uh, and wind up being one of the sneakiest high upside game stacks of the whole slate. Yeah, I want to talk about one other outfielder in this in this game on the Angels team that I really like. Joe Adele made his major league debut just yesterday. Hey. This is someone that is extremely talented. You will remember his name now because this is someone that you need to pay attention to. He is very he's a five tool player. He's extremely extremely good. And on DraftKings, he's almost the bear. He's three thousand dollars. He's extremely yeah. cheap. Yeah. He's cheaper than really his skill set is. So I like. Joe Adele quite a bit. You can make a mini stack out of him and Mike Trout today. Yeah, you just redeemed yourself for your terrible take earlier with oh, that. Oh, thank you. So we're, thank you. We're we're all good. That was that was like a that was that was wow. a perfect one. Just Joe everything Adele. comes full circle. The circle everything. of life they call it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh D, what are you you're walking away hearing us break down a loaded slate, ten games. I mean, talk about a lot of baseball. What are your what are your kind of observation notes? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you just as a as a as a beginner sort of guy here, it's a lot to digest. There's a lot of yes. games going on. But what you guys uh, introduced me to last week was the stacking, um, and that is super valuable for somebody in my position. Is stacking um, um, uh, game or teams, um, yeah. and so you've given me a lot to. Uh, I'm just gonna jump on. I have a couple of favorites. I, I just I wrote down. I'm gonna go and look into them and see if I can formulate um, a couple of stacks uh, to put in here. So I think maybe the best advice I can give to people now, when there is a 10 game slate, there's a lot to digest. Don't get like stuck in the, in the over analysis. That's so easy to happen. 
find a couple guys you like and then to run after a good stack of, of three or four right. players. And, and it just makes it easier on you. You're not going to stress out as much. And, uh, and especially if you got a couple, you're going to, you're going to um, have more fun watching that game. Well, if it works out for you, but you know yeah. what I mean? You're going to, you're not going to be uh, scrambling through the channels, to try to find yourself uh, uh, any guys that make sense. So that's, you know, right now I'm, I'm looking at it, going after a stack. I don't know what I'm going to pick yet, but that's, that's the advice I'm going to take on big games like this. Um, take your advice, write down a couple stacks you like, uh, go after those and see if you can find the budget um, within your entry to make something happen. Absolutely. Worst thing that you can possibly do playing MLB DFS, NBA, you can run off one off, one off, one off, one off. Every single player from could be from a different team in the NBA. Literally, that's probably how you should build your lineup. You should be taking people in the not to get into it. We can do that on another day. But in MLB, don't take just one hitter from a bunch of teams. It's okay to have one one off. It's okay to maybe have two one offs. But Josh, I mean, if you want to just maybe end with this and give your final thoughts, I would not recommend building any lineups in MLB with more than two one-offs. I'll just leave it with this. I think the the few times that I've had my big wins, a few times that I've had five-digit wins, uh, I haven't had a single one-off in my lineup. It has been mm-hmm. many stacks and stacks, and that's the way you win money. Like, taking a hard stance on a team, saying, you know, yeah. I really think this team is going to score 10 runs today. They're going to put up a big number, and then going full force with that. And the only way you do that is by making sure to research and making sure also to pay down a pitcher. I, I haven't had many winning lineups big winning lineups where you've paid up for a guy like Hugh Darvish. So even though he is a good pitcher today, you find the pay down guy. That's really going to make a, that's really going to be a difference maker in your lineup. Amazing. Well, advice. that's uh, actually amazing yeah. advice. Super helpful for us because there's a lot, we're just learning here on my end. We're figuring this out, but that helps so much to clarify how you approach these things. And with that, we've come to the end of another week of the under review show. This is the daily fantasy edition with the guys from Roto radar every single Wednesday here on under review. We're going to go through all of whatever slates on the board for that daily fantasy lineup. It's a ton of fun and it's a different angle. It's a bit of a curveball, Hey, eh? bit of a curveball to your usual under review show. How, how did your trickle go? How'd you hey? do it? How do you, how'd you do your trickle? I want to do your trickle. Chortle. Your... Chortle. Chortle. No, Come on, get it right, Sean. Jeez. C H O R T L E. Chortle. So I'll work on my. I'll work on my chortle for next. Yeah, week. work on I'll your work chortle on. for next week, guys. Uh, if you want to check the guys out, Roto Radar is a place to find them. Um, of course, me, Damon D, here on the Under Review Show with you uh, every week, steadfastly uh, bringing you sports betting um, related content as much as I possibly can. We appreciate you hanging out. Go visit the good friends at betonline.ag. Get all your uh, odds, lines, place your bets with them. Use the promo code REVIEW. They'll give you a little extra nugget of dough in your account. It'll be delicious for you. Uh, until Friday, I want to give you the roundup for the weekend. I'm Damon D. Thanks for tuning in. Adios, muchachos.